Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Health Academy podcast. I am Lisa A. Smith, the founder of the Black Health Academy. Thank you for joining us on another episode. We're here to extend the life of the culture one episode at a time. Today, I am joined by another phenomenal Black female business owner who's going to share some insight with us today about the impact of social media on Black businesses and on the Black female entrepreneur, as well as how that integrates with our high rate of depression throughout our Black community and what that looks like in the Black business. But first, let me remind you to hit that like or share button. Make sure you're following us on all platforms, Facebook and or Instagram, and make sure you're sharing the podcast. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud and iTunes. So today joining me on the podcast, we have Damara Gardner, who is the founder of Black Women About Business, which supports Black female leaders and entrepreneurs in business and wellness by providing business planning, execution, excuse me, executive coaching, training and retreats. So Damara is phenomenal because she's the founder also of Change Agent Consulting, which is a full service consulting practice. She and a dynamic team of consultants provide executive life coaching, leadership development, and business strategy services. Damara, welcome to the podcast. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. I am honored to spend some time with you today. Yes. Excellent. So me and Damara have been trying to get back on this podcast for a couple of weeks now. Um, We met at a recent event. I think it was during Startup Week in Detroit. Um, And since that time, we've connected and and understood that there's quite a few parallels uh, in our businesses. So we thought we would join together on this podcast today to share with you guys some of the things that we both see going on kind of in the Black entrepreneurship world and how we can um, work kind of through some of that because there's a lot of growth in uh, Black female entrepreneurship, but then there's also a lot of stress that comes along with that. And so how can we integrate wellness to make sure the Black female and the Black business is thriving? So Damara, kind of introduce us a little bit first to Black women about business. Yeah, so, you know, thank you for that warm introduction. Um, As you know, Black Women About Business was created to intersect business and wellness because I was finding in the work that I was doing that um, many Black women, of course, had the business down, right, or could easily learn the aspects of business because we're bad within our own right. Um, That wellness piece was really missing. And I found that more than any other group, we were putting ourselves at the bottom of our to-do list on a consistent basis, right? Which means, of course, that it's getting in the way of our wellness practice, right? And wellness is looked at from a holistic standpoint. So wellness for myself might be being out in nature or traveling or my social connections, right? But it's all of those things and and many other things. So if I'm not investing in myself, that I'm giving from a place that is not from my abundance, but from my lack, and which of course is going to affect our mental health over time. Um, And so I really want women to honor themselves in every way possible and addressing their wellness practice is one of the ways that we can honor ourselves, which of course helps in our businesses and helps in our lives in general. Absolutely love it. And, and what you said is really critical about 
when we're not full and whole, we get from a place of lack versus a place of overflow, right? And so that's really, really critical to tomorrow. So how does Black Women About Business go about offering some of these wellness services and teaching women how to integrate wellness into their everyday? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the ways that we do that is through these one to four day retreats that have distinct business and wellness tracks. So it's really all about um, reintroducing and or introducing new wellness modalities and practices that we can integrate in our work, we can try on. And then if we like those things, then we're given practical practical tools to be able to apply them. So for example, um, there is a Michigan tour, as you know, that's coming up along with our extensive four-day retreat that's going to be in Traverse City. So through the wellness tracks, we're going to be introducing women to things like Kundalini Yoga and Reiki. And personally, what I have done to really embody these things, I mean, even though I've had a wellness practice for a really long time through the form of yoga and meditation and mindfulness and being outside and traveling, as I talked about earlier, um, but then I've also um, started to be trained in a variety of modalities, like trauma-informed yoga, for example. Uh, I'll be trained in Reiki soon. I just finished a, a certification program for pieces of yoga practice. So really, I'm working to get more grounded in these modalities so that I'm practicing what I'm preaching through these one- to four-day retreats that we're offering women. Um, and we do that all with a Black woman in mind. So that means that all of our presenters are Black women, we target um, vendors and Black women to speak and inspire and educate the women at these events. Um, so we do that through these intentional, sacred spaces, um, giving women the inspiration, insight, and the practical tools that they can apply um, once they leave these spaces and go back to their lives. I love it. And that's exactly what I was going to ask. I wanted to make sure that all of the peace and mindfulness that comes at the retreat travels with them back home. So I love that you're already thinking ahead about that. And then I love that it's all representation, right? We're seeing us in these spaces. You said all Black female presenters, all Black presenters, and understanding that we are you right and we understand uh, the struggle but it takes some inner work and it takes some and it takes some self-development and so i love that heightened self-awareness and most importantly that bringing it back home so let's talk a little bit about social media and the impact it has on the entrepreneur um on our businesses because we know social media is such a huge component um, in the workplace, whether it's a corporate business that's been around for 20, 50, 60 years, or whether you're just a startup, right? That social media can be invaluable with building your brand, establishing yourself as the expert, right? Uh, connecting with your audience and engagement. And so, Damara, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day? -day -day? And how have you seen, as far as trends in the industry, uh, how it can potentially impact our mental health in our in our day-to-day and -day our perceptions of ourselves and our businesses? Absolutely, right? So you've highlighted, Lisa, how critically important social media can be to elevate our businesses, right? It's all about 
um, building our brand, and which of course is a part of building followership, right? And that's what every entrepreneur wants to be able to do. Every business owner wants to be able to create followership, which is how brands like Apple survive, right? And so, you know, I have um, heavily focused on social media and building our brand. I actually have someone that helps me with that. Um, and I've actually taken a back seat to social media. So even though this person, I feel like represents the brand very well, of course, is a part of the larger vision for Black Women About Business, it was important for me to not have that be a part of the day-to-day -day work that I do because of the toll that I felt that social media was taking on me. And so it's rare that even though I have my Facebook account and you know all of these outlets and I monitor these outlets, I'm not on there scrolling in part because there's a lot of things that can be devastating about that, right? One, it can be, um, it can suck up your time. I mean, you know, if you're scrolling for hours on end, what could you be replacing that time with to really invest in your wellness, to invest in your business? So that's one. Another thing is, is that I really think that it drives you to compare yourself to, to other people right so if you see people out there like us doing our work and they have far surpassed where we're at maybe um, that's the perception because they have X number of followers or they've got this event coming up and I think that it can hinder our ability to really step into our own power and acknowledge the good work that we're doing because of this comparison mentality there was a study a few years ago that found that Facebook was linked to both less moment-to-moment -moment happiness and less life satisfaction. And so what that means, of course, is that the more people use Facebook in a day, the more these two variables, variables dropped off. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing things that feed us. And if we're finding that after we engage in social media, it's affecting our energy level, right? Um, because energy can be about working, but can also be about our emotions. If we find ourselves, you know, kind of spinning as a result of that, that is an indication that maybe we need a fast, a break from social media because it's not serving us, right? Social mm -hmm. media that we do should be a form of serving us, of building us up to help us to reach the goals in which we're aspiring to, to reach. You know, and then there was another study that found that social media use is linked to greater feelings of isolation, you know, and the statistics show that one in 10 people in the U.S. live in social isolation. And that more than anything is one of the indicators that makes a good life over the long haul. Absolutely. So those are some ways that um, there are other ways that social media can be bad for our health. Yes, absolutely. Um, those studies are so dead on. You know, um, when um, what I teach in plant-based nutrition, one of the things we study are the blue zones, which are these areas throughout the world. These seven key. Uh, communities throughout the world that have the longest living people and the highest rate of health and the healthiest people. And they've determined by studying these blue zones that the number one indicator of health is not your diet or your exercise, but it's actually your social connections. Um, but that's that human to human social connections, right? Not to be confused with social media connections. And you're absolutely right. So the more we're on social media, the that 
the increase of the social isolation is huge and it can happen fairly quickly. We're not talking about, you know, three to five years of doing this. We're talking three to five months. You can begin to feel the effect of these things. Right. So I think that is a really, really powerful connection because our ability to engage um, with other humans on a day-to-day basis, that intimacy with people in your community, uh, with people in your household is a critical component of our overall wellness. So I love that you, the very first thing you said is, listen, I've delegated these, this thing. That is not something I have on my to-do list. I've outsourced this, this, um, this job. And I think it's really important to understand that that's a possibility for you, especially in business. Even if you're starting out, um, how can we begin to outsource some of the things that suck up the most of our time, but most importantly begins to have an impact on us mentally um, if we're, if we're if our self-awareness is heightened. So do you recommend to your clients and to your consumers, your audience to, um, if they, if they can't in the very beginning delegate, how do you recommend they kind of monitor their social media usage? Yeah. So I, you know, I think that, uh, if it's not possible for you to outsource it, then there are some ways that you can be strategic about using it, right? So one of the things is, is that only posting, um, only being on when you're posting. So we use Canva, for example, and I know that you're familiar with Canva and there's still tons of people who don't know that this amazing tool exists. So, you know, we go into Canva, we create whatever our social media is going to be. We use um, Unsplash for our images, which are really, really beautiful. Um, We have found some amazing, very high quality images that we use in all of our social media. So having the right tools in place and then posting. um, So only being on at the time that you're posting. And then you can always look at your analytics that match up whatever social media goals that you have versus looking at some of the other outlets that you might be connected to because that's kind of our urge right we want to see how this person that's doing similar work to us how do they how do we pale in comparison how do we fare in comparison and if we pale in comparison that might be the time that we are feeling less than which may not be the the benchmark that we need to need to be looking at. In fact, we need to be looking at the benchmark associated with our own goals that are, you know, going to challenge us, but also be realistic based on the scope of work that we're doing and based on the timeline of our business and all of that good stuff. So those are some ways that we can, that you can go about doing it if you're not in a position where you can hire someone at this point to do it for you. Yes. So definitely tapping into some of those digital tools, Canva, Unsplash. Then you have a ton of scheduling apps now. Hootsuite, I think, was one of the first ones on the scene. They're a veteran. There's, but there's so many other scheduling apps. Like you said, you look at your metrics, you see what is your highest rate of engagement at what time, and you schedule for your posts and things like that about that time. So I love that. And one that I use as well to help grow our social media following it's called pop social. They've been integral in kind of connecting our pages with the audiences that are most likely to engage with us. Right. So in the health and wellness space, when you set up your account with pop social, they have you select what other pages are similar to yours. Where do you think your ideal audience is scrolling? Whose pages are they on? And you put in those links to those pages and they kind of pull from those audiences. So that's another great tool as well. So definitely only get on when you need to post or when you need to look at analytics so that you can set up digital apps if you're not in a position to actually hire a social media manager. That's great. So 
Let's talk a little bit about how over time this lack of intimacy with our community, this social isolation starts to bleed into our everyday lives. And even from an entrepreneurial standpoint, point, Damara, like have you found since being an entrepreneur, I don't know if you have a formal office where all of your workers are with you, but even if you have a home office or you're, you know, you're still Starbucksing it out with meetings, how do you find that isolation not working in a corporate nine to five? Yeah, I love that question. So one of the things that I intentionally do because I do, I've had both, right? I've had a a physical office space and I've also had virtual. Right now I'm in a virtual space because I'm traveling a lot for my work and my team um, works from, from wherever they are. And so, which is really, really nice um, that, that we have that set up and I've had the, you know, I've tasted both worlds, if you will, but it can get kind of lonely. And so what I find myself doing is scheduling meetings at a coffee house, for example, I have some favorites or sometimes I'll, if it's nice out, I will go and work at a park uh, or I will go to our local library um, because just being around people can feel soothing to the spirit. You don't necessarily have to be meeting with someone to have a coffee meeting or a lunch meeting in order to have that feel or a meeting at their office for that matter. Um, So the two things I do is to immerse myself um, on an ongoing basis in public spaces. And then I also will schedule times um, periodically to meet people in person so that I have that touch, right? That human touch as you talked about, which can't be replicated by social media. Uh, So those are two things that I do on a regular basis that really helps me so that I'm not finding myself feeling isolated because I felt that way on numerous occasions. And so I put some things in place to um, ensure that I'm not feeling that way, which of course zaps my energy, zaps my creative juices, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, Damar. I felt that so many times and I'm just like, okay, I got to call somebody. I got to schedule. I got to get out of here. I got to schedule, you know, some girl time, you know, because once you get in that zone or what, what they like to call it is flow, right? Once you get in flow with work, it can become so consuming and you're enjoying it at the moment, right? I know me, when I get in flow, I'm creating content, I'm writing out curriculums, right? I'm writing copy, right? I'm, you know, coming up with ideas and and building upon them. And so I get into flow and you look up and it's been hours or it's been days and you realize something's missing, right? I haven't laughed in a while or I haven't, you know, talked about something other than work in a couple of days. And so it can get really consuming and it can move really fast depending on how quickly, you know, your business is growing and scaling. And so public places, phenomenal, because you're right, just alone being in a park and being in the sun, right? The sun is what gives life to everything on the planet. And so having that life source right there touching your skin. um, And then, like you said, just being around people, being in a coffee shop and just sitting next to a table where two people have interesting conversations that you're kind of eavesdropping on can really have an impact on you. Just engaging with the barista at the coffee shop can have an impact on you tremendously. And so setting up those intentional face-to-face meetings, I think it's a great tip as well. Um, How have you seen or have you yourself experienced any type of mild depression in your business, um, whether because I, what I know for sure, and I'm sure you can agree, is entrepreneurship is an um, emotional roller coaster and sometimes an emotional monster. <laughs> and so, with you know, with 
some of the isolation that happens and then some of the uncertainty that comes when you're making big moves and big choices. Have you experienced some of the, tell me how kind of your mental health has navigated that journey. Yeah. So, you know, to be really forthright with you, I have suffered from depression on and off my entire life, you know, since, well, since I was an adolescent. Mm. And so knowing that that is looming for me, it's something that um, I'm always aware of, right? That's always ever present in the background, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, you know, I'm sure this is no secret to you, but about 19 million Americans are experience depression in their lives, right? So it's a common challenge that people are faced with. And particularly if you live in a climate like mine, I mean, you know, we're in Michigan. I know that the weather on your part, in your part of the state is better than the weather in my part of the state, but I take vitamin D for that purpose, right? Because I, we don't get as much sunshine as we need to, along with a high potency calcium pill, because as you probably know, the calcium helps the vitamin D to absorb. You know, I'd gone to the doctors uh, at one point about three years ago and my, the nurse said to me in my 10 years of practice, I've never come across someone with such a low vitamin D level. Wow. Um, and I said, well, gosh, you know, that explains why I've been feeling this way lately. Um, and so since that time I have taken uh, vitamin D on a daily basis, my calcium on a daily basis. And I um, also uh, are, you know, face this challenge because I work so low so often, right? So all the things that we've been talking about in terms of isolation can feed into that for me. So if I'm working from home and I don't have any meetings outside um, of my home office, then I get outside and I will walk um, maybe two to three times a day for about 20 minutes. Um, it's a great way for me to take a break from my work, um, to be immersed in outside, to get fresh air, to get that sunshine if the sun is out. Um, and then and it helps me to come back and to reconnect with the work. Um, so it actually helps with my productivity. So uh, along with some of the strategies that we talked about, that's some of the ways that I address it for myself. In addition to that, I make time for what's important. So when we talk about the richness of relationship, that means that we're investing in our relationships. So, you know, just like last night alone, I had dinner with two of my closest girlfriends. And, you know, when you're sitting around people that you love or you can be your full self with and you're eating good food and you're laughing, there's nothing better than that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so taking the time to be intentional about those relationships. Um, so if, I, if it's been a month and I haven't seen them, I will reach out and say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really missing you guys let's we got to get on each other's calendars um or they do that for me um because of course there's reciprocity in our relationship so those are some ways that i have managed my own depression um from a general standpoint but also as a solopreneur oftentimes even though i have a team of people because i work alone often i feel like a solopreneur mm, yes yes that connectivity is so important and you're absolutely right Demar. there is nothing like kicking back with some close friends who you can be completely transparent in yourself with, get those good belly laughs in, right? And just let loose and let go. Sometimes I can physically feel the weight lifting, right? And it's so interesting because our minds can be a dangerous place. And if we have so much time with ourselves to spin ideas back and forth, you know, to 
bounce in and out of fear and all the emotions that come along with being a human. Um, sometimes we can magnify the things that don't deserve it. We can minimize the things that really need to be magnified. And so when you have those other individuals and, and, peace and, and trust people that you can truly trust to be yourself within your life and, and get some of those things out and get feedback on them, and you, you sometimes realize how over the top you're being or how you're not giving yourself enough credit or how it's just not that big of a deal, right? Um, we, you know, are taught to control what we can control and don't sweat the small things. But so quickly, those things just become, you know, passive sayings that fall on deaf ears. And so it's important to remember to revisit that don't sweat the small things, right? And like you said, making time for what matters most to you or what you need the most. And I think sometimes there's a difference in those things, but they should be synonymous, right? What matters most to you often is what you need the most. And we sometimes put those on the back burner for our businesses, for our families, or for things that we think should have more priority in our lives. Um, the depression piece, I think, is really critical because 20% of African-Americans are less likely to be diagnosed with depression. Excuse me, that's the wrong statistic. African-Americans are 20% less likely to be diagnosed with depression than our other non-Black counterparts. And we know, you know, from a systemic standpoint, this has a lot to do with a lot of the health disparities in the, you know, Western healthcare world. But then also, you know, our, our, us ourselves, we sometimes are not even aware of the signs of depression because either we've been experiencing them for so long um, or we just don't have the time to address it. And once again, we put our health on the back burner. So Damara, how, what, what things should we be looking out for within ourselves to know whether or not uh, we're, we're slipping into a mild depression and how can we start to work to pull ourselves out of it? Yeah. Yep. I love that. And, and before I do that, one of the things that I just wanted to add to what you just said, Lisa, is that, um, you know, there's tons of barriers. And one of which is that we are not seeking treatment for depression, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I just read a statistic that said that 7.6% of African Americans sought treatment for depression compared to 13.6% of the general population. So wow. that within itself, knowing yeah we're more likely to have symptoms, but much less likely to get the help that we need. Yes. That in itself is a warning sign, right? So I think that um, being cognizant of the stigma that exists, right, to seek treatment, that sometimes uh, because of we're associated with a faith community, there may be beliefs that God can solve everything without this acknowledgement that therapists are there in part to help us to deal with issues that we need to deal with. They're, they are a source just like the source. So we don't tell somebody that, um, oh, I'm so sorry about that. We don't tell someone that is um, suffering from a heart disease to let God just fix it. I mean, sure, we say, let's pray about that thing. Let's pray for healing. But then also you're going to go to the cardiologist, right? Right. Um, and so we have to begin to treat mental health the same way that we treat any kind of health condition. Um, and so I wanted to share briefly nine things that we should keep in mind black women to make sure that we're operating in mental health and we're putting our mental health first. So sometimes the label of being a strong black woman alone hurts more than helps because we take on this um, 
identity, I think, that tells us that we can do any and everything, which that in itself is killing us because we can't continue to do any and everything all the time because we only have so much energy to go around. Now, I will tell you, we both know that there is nothing like the Black woman, but I think that we have to be okay um, with saying, you know, I'm going to be strong in these areas and these are some areas that I'm not strong in and I'm going to ask for help because that in itself is a skill it's a it's a tool that we can use that can be empowering versus the sense of that we sometimes have that it's a form of weakness right so um really managing this label of being a strong black woman and re-identifying that for ourselves we also as i said before we have to get past that stigma um and we have to keep talking about mental health in the black community so that we begin to honor this as a way of life um and as a form of help it's not the only form of help but it's one of the ways that we can get the help that we need if we are experiencing, um, for example, severe depression or complex trauma or any number of things that can keep us down. Um, another thing is depression, anxiety, and suicidal tendencies aren't white maladies. I think sometimes we believe that those are other people's problems. And the reality is, is that we are all humans having a, an experience in this life and mm -hmm. that Depressed mental health doesn't have a face necessarily. Any one of us can experience a mental health challenge at any time, um, whether it's because we're grieving the loss of someone, or it's because we're struggling with social isolation, or we have a chemical imbalance. There's any number of reasons why we may need help elsewhere. Uh, bottling, bottling things up leads to bad coping mechanisms, right? So it's important always to, again, get the help that you need. Um, I think there's something really powerful about honoring where we're at with our mental health status. Um, and it can be liberating, right, to talk about it. I mean, even me just saying to you today, you know, I'm going to be forthright with you. I've always struggled with depression. That, to me, is a part of who I am as a person. And we shouldn't have any shame about talking about it if we find that that is our truth as well. Um, we know that seeking help isn't always straightforward. So it may mean that we need to be questioning what uh, health professionals tell us, right? We need to be advocates for ourselves. Um, and we need to identify people that are out there who look like us if we find that that's important to our treatment because we are out here. Um, I believe the last statistic that I read said that about 5% of the population um, of mental health professionals are African-American. So, you know, just because you haven't come across them, it doesn't mean that we don't exist exist. Um, you should never let anybody belittle or dismiss what you're experiencing. If you feel as if it's real, and if you have had prolonged periods of feeling sad, um, then it's probably time for you to see a mental health professional. In fact, what they say is, is that if you've been feeling sadness for longer than 30 days, it's time, right? Mm. Um, Effective treatments will most likely involve a combination of things. So for me, I talked about all those things, right? I talked about vitamin D and being outside and my social connections. And those are all a part of ways that I maintain my wellness and manage my depression so that I can live the most optimal life. Um, and so those are just some, some tips that I think will help all of us um, in this journey to be as well as we possibly can be. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for that, Damar. And you're right. I think one of the most important components of this and critical is that transparency. Like you said, just willing to be vulnerable, open up about it and realize, you know, it's, it doesn't have to remain a private or intimate conversation, right? Sharing that just as willingly as we're willing to share that we have hypertension 
or type two diabetes. I've never understood why there's no shame in announcing that, but there's so much shame that comes with some of the mental health things that we struggle with. And so um, just like we seek help for, like you said, the heart disease, right? We don't rely on the church or just faith or that we'll just eventually work through it and it'll go away. Mental health is the exact same way. And we will probably venture to say even more important, right? So thank you so much for those tips, Damara. I really appreciate that. So tell, let's uh, talk about, tell the people how they can uh, work with Black Women About Business. Are you guys currently accepting new clients? And please tell us about this upcoming retreat. Oh, God. Absolutely. So, um, first and foremost, um, you know, we do a newsletter twice a month. So if you're interested in getting our e-news to get a flavor for the work that we do, um, please, please, please go to our web website, info, excuse me, blackwomenaboutbiz.com, and you can opt right in. In fact, there's a, a pop-up box that shows up, and all you have to do is put your email address in, and we'll get you those um, e-newses every two uh, twice a, what am I trying, trying to say twice a month in addition to that we uh, have a Facebook page and we do these five minute videos with me about a business and wellness topic that is near and dear to my heart or is trending so that's another way that people can be connected to our work follow us following us on social media um, our Instagram page our Twitter page and then um, we have this Michigan tour that's coming up so we're going to be um, in your neck of the woods, Lisa, as you know, in fact, we're going to get you connected to that. Um, and, and I'm saying this, even though Lisa hasn't committed, that she's going to be one of our presenters at a presentation. <laughs> if yes. Other things that we're doing. So we've got three stops. Um, our first one is in Kalamazoo in March. Our second one is in Detroit in May. And our third one is in Grand Rapids in June. And then our big four-day event, those are all one days. Our big four-day conference retreat is going to be at um, Traverse City Resort and Spa or Grand Traverse Resort and Spa. And that's going to be August 8th through the 11th. So please mark your calendar for that. That's our big event. And then um, if you want to be kept abreast of when those dates are, um, maybe you have an interest in presenting and you're listening to this and you have expertise in business and wellness, I would love to be able to talk to you. And you can reach out to me at info at blackwomenaboutbiz.com. We'll set up a time to speak um, to figure out if you're a good fit. And then we're launching a podcast, um, which Whoa. Lisa is also going to be on our podcast. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, we're getting her integrated in everything. As you know, she's fabulous. And so I want to utilize her as much as I can um, because I, that's one of the ways, right, that we can be in support of each other in business is to link out and to be intentional about building relationships. And I think that is another form of wellness, if you will. Um, and so if you're interested in being a part of that podcast, and again, with the e-news, people can be kept abreast of all of those things in real time and be the first to be able to sign up for those things. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be opening up registration for our Michigan tour. And the conference retreat is something that people can sign up for anytime. Um, we're on Eventbrite and we're on a couple of the wellness pages where people can go to for like yoga and whatnot to sign up um, as well. But I've really been directing people to Eventbrite because they may not be a part of that community and know about those resources. So yes, excellent. And I must vouch and say that I've been on the email list for the newsletter for some time now. Um, and it's always great content tomorrow. And I want to just seriously applaud you for that. It's not 
wishy-washy is not fluff and it, it's really organic and it's really useful i remember opening one and it was i think called wellness is a practice and um you gave some just some great tips in that email and then of course like she said all the announcements that um they have coming up with black women about business the, the tour for 2019 the retreat for 2019 the upcoming podcast so you will definitely hear more from damara on our platform and as well as myself on her platform because our businesses overlap so much and what we know is that we're not competition we actually make a bigger impact when we work together so i'm so looking forward to pouring even more wellnesses wellness into our black businesses and into our community so damara thank you so 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 much for joining me on the podcast today and girl you know i look forward to talking to you more offline and talking to real and catching up and pouring into ourselves maybe with some cackling and some wine <laughs> yes, absolutely that is gonna happen like I, I promise you in the next 30 days you and i will be breaking bread together my friend yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, please go follow Black Women About Business. As always, be, be sure to follow and like uh, the Black Health Academy podcast, guys. Make sure you share, share, share so we can get the word out and help as many people as we can. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Jay will be rejoining me on the podcast in two weeks with our normal shenanigans. Until then, take care. <laughs>